Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine, it's just fine, but you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. My guest this week is Chelsea Ward. I'm going to tell you a little secret about the recording of this conversation. Mercury was in retrograde, which has been known to cause tech issues, and it did. And on top of that, Chelsea lives in a remote, small town in Texas, so the internet connection isn't super strong. So we had a couple of tries at getting this episode done, but we persevered, and here it is for you. Chelsea Ward has a background in applied behavioral analysis, is a registered nurse, FDN practitioner, and energy healer. She empowers others by helping them get to the root of their digestive, energy, and metabolism issues so they can make a bigger impact in the world. She's the author of Healed His Way, where she shares natural healing techniques that have been used by thousands of others so you can experience health the way it was intended. Fun fact, she used to take life way too seriously until she learned that it was a huge source of stress. She's learned to have a lot more fun and laugh more with age and has even been known to have long conversations about poop around the dinner table. Sounds like you definitely want her on your guest list. We did not talk about that in our chat. What we did talk about is being raised with the belief that you have to be perfect, challenging what you accept as a family or societal norm, and once again, how mindset affects your physical health. Chelsea's story is a story of hope and encouragement for what is possible in your own life. Quick reminder for community and camaraderie, come join us in the Fine is a Four-Letter Word Facebook group. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. The weeks, months, and years are flying by. Kids are growing up, parents are passing away, and you're looking at either your spouse or your career, or maybe both, wondering... Do I want to spend the next 20 years the same way I've spent the last 20? If you've been living your life stuck at fine for a while now, frustrated because you don't see a way out, listen up, my friend. It is possible to say fuck being fine and move to fantastic. And you deserve to be better than fine. Last week, I hosted a workshop where I shared how I found clarity, passion, and peace around which direction to go in this next stage of life and how you can too. If you'd like to see the replay, go to zenrabbit.com to get access to that video. Hello and welcome to this episode of Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Chelsea Ward. Chelsea and I were introduced by our mutual friend, Trisha Stetzel, and I'm so grateful that she did introduce us because this is going to be such a good conversation. Welcome, Chelsea. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me, Lori. 
My pleasure. My pleasure. So let's get right into it. My first question is always, what were the values and beliefs that you, that were instilled in you as you were growing up? So I remember two that really stand out. And one of those was related to money. And that was that you had to work hard. You had to be independent. You had to be able to stand on your own two feet. So my dad was an entrepreneur and he was really successful in the work that he did. He worked all the time. He was always just working hard. And he he wasn't one of those people that lived with ease, you know, because he was just always busy doing the things. And if he wasn't busy working, he was busy doing something else. Kind of a type A personality that I picked up really well from him. And I also watched my parents give a lot. They were givers. They were lovers of other people. But I think that for me, I looked at it and I was like, I watched people take advantage of them. So it really gave me a bad taste in my mouth about giving, which is a horrible thing to say. But I think that there was this idea that um, we had we had to be perfect, right? Perfect in the eyes of others, just loving and giving and just constantly pouring in. And it was just, it just seemed so hard for me. And the other thing that I picked up in childhood was really related to my health. And that was that I was going to get everything passed down from generation to generation. It didn't really matter. My grandmother actually looked at me one day and she said, child, you get everything that is in our family line. And, you know, you don't really think about it as a child, but you kind of like take that in and you own it. And that's exactly what I did. So I expected to get sick. So every time a cold came around or every time a flu came around or, you know, my grandmother had diabetes and I I ended up with blood sugar issues at age seven, right? So all of these things, constipation, you know, hormone issues, everything that came down the family line. And I did that until I was literally sick in almost every organ system on my body. But I believed that it was just something that I had to deal with. I believed that being sick had to be a part of my reality for the rest of my life. So Um, And I also, I just felt like I had to be, yeah. I was going to ask you, do you have siblings that absorb that same kind of information? It's really interesting to see the difference. And I think it has to do with probably me being the oldest and feeling like I had to take responsibility for everything and everything was mine and I owned it. My sister's a lot more carefree. Like she doesn't care about what what other people think. She never cared about any of that. And I can see some of the same tendencies, but no, she's more, because everybody took care of her. She was kind of babied. She just kind of carries that into adulthood more. Okay. Interesting. It's, you know, again, people, parents, society, teachers don't necessarily realize what they're saying or they realize what they're saying, but the way we interpret it is so different. It may be very different than the way they intended it, but our little minds just absorb and process. Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, just fear, that fear, constant fear is what I grew up with. You know, fear that I wasn't perfect enough or fear that I would be criticized or, you know, and I think that's some of the things that going into adulthood, we don't realize we got to do some serious work to erase those things. Yeah, Now, and they were things that you absorbed, but were they... So the the thing about the health, obviously, she was telling you that you are a conduit for all of this stuff through the family. What about the you have to be perfect, you have to do everything right? Was that something that was outwardly said to you or was that something that you assumed? Again, I think as as firstborn, we tend to do that 
because we're we have I don't know firstborn has that tendency of everything has to be mm-hmm. right and we have to be a good example for everyone. Yeah, I think it's something that as a child your your small mind just can't comprehend it, and you really create your own interpretation of a lot of these things. So I don't know that it was necessarily said. But when we walked out of the house, my mom wanted us to be perfect. If there was ever anything going on in the home, then we were to put on this perfect face and pretend that everything was fine. So there was just this facade that I saw. And I think that most families are probably maybe similar. You know, we don't really want to share our business outside the home. But to me, I think my interpretation of that was that everything had to be perfect. I had to appear that everything was perfect. I could never step out of line. So that that created this, um, this I guess, rule follower in me. You know, I had to, I had to be perfect. I had to follow the rules. I had to do everything right. And then I, I took on all this false responsibility, you know, for my sister and all the things. And every time she messed up, I thought, oh no, I, I must be more perfect because now mom and dad are upset because she's upset them. So now if I just be a little bit more perfect, then that's going to ease the situation a little bit. So I think it just creates a vicious cycle. Yeah. Interesting. And then how did that play out as you got older and into adulthood? So I think I lived that life for many years, thinking that I could live up to this place of perfectionism, you know, and I attempted to be perfect in everything that I did. And I wasn't very competitive, I wouldn't say, but I always was more competitive with myself, wanting to become better and better and better. I was an avid studier and I had those imperfections that I knew I carried. So it created a wall between me and other people. I didn't want close relationships. I didn't want to let people in. Um, I remember one of my friends in college, she said, Chelsea, I, I just adore you, but there is something about you that like you just got this wall. You don't want people to come inside like you just you don't let people in. So, and I think that was just because I didn't want her to see those hidden imperfections that I had until I probably hit mid-20s and then I absolutely rebelled against everything. I started doing everything I, I could to, oh yeah, I wanted to prove life was on my own terms, right? So I wanted to make sure I was living my life to my standards and not the world's standards. So I became quite a party animal. What flipped that switch? I, <laughs> what flipped the switch? Um... I think, you know, it probably wasn't even my mid-20s. It was probably really earlier than that. I would say I was before I was even 20 because I moved out of my home and I realized, hey, this home, these rules that I've been living under, like they don't have a hold of me anymore. I don't have to abide by these rules. I can create my own rules. And there was just still this part of me that wanted to follow the rules and I would hide this, you know, imperfect side of me still. But I remember I was just like, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to try everything. I'm going to rebel against everything that society says should be right and should be normal. And I want to learn from my own mistakes. I want to create, I want to figure out how to create my own life. So my mom says it was like this period of me finding myself, (laughs) you know, because that's, that's exactly what I was doing. I wanted to figure out what it is. What do I want for my life? I'm tired of being told what to do. And so, so you started partying and, but what else did that take on? Like, how did that 
Was that something then that was a stage that you went through or do you, did you move more into adulthood with, okay, I don't have to follow rules. I'm going to write my own. I think it was probably more than a, more of a stage. I think I learned a lot during that period of time. I learned that it was okay to not be this perfect person that I, that everybody, that I thought that everybody thought I should be. Uh, But I really think that Mm -hmm. it was more about me, just me learning that one piece. And I think that as I think back, I think that a lot of the same tendencies that I carried from childhood are still things that I ended up having to work through as an adult, because as you're going through that party stage and you're really just trying to rebel, you're not fixing anything. You're just like your head's strong on something else. It's like, I have to try something else. What I've been doing my whole life is not working. So I was headstrong in that, but I realized even in my mid twenties, I was like, I'm still broke. I'm still a broken person. I still haven't fixed a lot of those tendencies, the perfectionism. And when you get stressed, all those things, they rear their ugly head as you get older. I, you know, in the early 20s, a lot of us are out trying, like figuring out who we are and trying on different personas and exploring. But we're not, we're, we're more in that rebellious stage, like you said. And it's more a, a breaking out into a freedom of being a young adult, not having to live under somebody else's rules, being able to make our own choices and decisions. But that doesn't mean that we figure out who we really are. Right. Yeah. And I think it was probably more into my mid twenties when that finally happened to me. And I started really trying to discover like, okay, like who am I at my core? Like what, who is the person that I really want to be? I think that that younger twenties was probably just rebellion. Sure. Sure. No, in our call before this interview, we talked about moving from chaos to freedom Talk a little bit more about how you found your way to doing that. Like true freedom, not just freedom from living under your parents' house. Yeah, exactly. So I remember remember being told by someone that I had a great relationship with, that I I love dearly, they love me dearly. And I remember being told that I would have a good life, but it wouldn't be necessarily this fantastic life. That it basically they were saying that it would be a mediocre life. And I remember how bad that stung. I was in my mid 20s and I never responded to this person directly, but it lit a fire in me that just burned me to my core. And I, I knew at that moment that. My life had been very, very chaotic, but more my mind. And I realized at that moment that I had to make a decision and I could make a decision and that that it was a choice to allow all of these things to take over. And I, I really started studying mindset a lot. I started studying like, why are we the way that we are? Why do we carry certain tendencies and traits? I started looking at my family and I started saying, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't want this. I don't want that. I carry those same tendencies and I don't want it to be a part of my life anymore. And I think that's what's really hard is a lot of those things were taught without even 
like maybe our parents or our grandparents or our family members teaching us those things or those that we're closest to. We're taught those things, but we just kind of accept them as our norm and as our reality. And I remember being in my 20s and I got a job offer in South Alabama, which was away from the area I grew up in. And my husband and I had a talk and decided that we would take the next best opportunity in life. And we did. We, we jumped on that and we ran with it. And to me, that was kind of the moment of transformation when everything really started taking place for me, when things started to move, because I said, I'm really going to make a decision in my life that I don't want to live this crazy life anymore. I don't want to be perfect. I want to be able to set clear boundaries. I want to learn who I am at my core. I want to be driven by those things and not driven by my past. And that's when I went on a mission. And I started listening to everything that I could about mindset, about you know how our mind is just in this constant chaos, constant struggle. And I was getting physically sick in my body, of course, because of the things that were you know said to me as a child. I, I accepted those as my norm. And I was at my sickest point at this time of my life. But I think it was that transformation in my mind that actually allowed me to start healing in my physical body. Because I, I realized at that moment, as I listened to people say, you can have anything you can believe for, that that actually started to become my reality. And I realized, hey, maybe this is true. Maybe I can. Yes. Maybe you are not a, a victim of your, your past or your um, family history is what I wanted to say. You're not a victim okay. of your family history. You don't have to follow that same path. What were right. specifically some of the resources? Do you remember any of them that had a, a, a really big impact on you? I wrote about a lot of these people. I've written about a lot of these people, and I'm, I'm just trying to recall some of the people that I listened to. I, there were CDs that I would just literally like burn out. This is the days of CDs, right? I don't even know if CDs still really exist. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I would just burn <laughs> I would burn out certain CDs and I'm trying to think just like old, anytime someone would send me like CDs from a conference or like people just, you know, talking, it, it would be more on just, and I, I know it wasn't Bob Proctor that I listened to, but it's kind of along his lines, you know, it's like the things that he teaches and just, uh, I really started using affirmations and things like that as a part of me. What I wanted to do was change and kind of almost rewire my brain, you know, and I realized that I've been sowing all this poison in my head for so long and I believed it, you know, I believed that I was sick. I believed it had to be perfect. I believed, I mean, I wasn't setting clear boundaries. I believed I had to give even if I didn't want to. And I, I had to rewire all of that. So that was really the goal yes. of that time. I love that you said rewiring the brain because I love talking about the fact that that's actually what we're doing. That's what was done when we're children. Our brains are wired a certain way through beliefs and teachings, and we have the ability to rewire them. A lot of people don't realize that. We have the ability to rewire our own brains and program them in a way that works for us, for our best interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really do. And I think that's probably the thing that has taken me the furthest in my life. And the thing that I've probably stuck with the most is when I started realizing that, that it, it's a constant thing that you work on. You can't just like undo years and years and years of wiring from, 
you know, the time you were a small child, you didn't get to make the decisions about who you wanted to be. You know, it was kind of like you say, it was almost wired into you, like it's programmed into you. So there's a lot of years of unprogramming and that self-talk can come back up. You know, that fear of criticism can come back up for me. That fear, that perfectionism can come back up. But it's constantly every morning just really programming that in and saying, no, this is not who I am anymore. This is that broken child. This is not who I choose to be for the rest of my life. Yeah, you know, it's the analogy that's coming to my mind is like walking on a path. So if there's a path that's already been cut through, you know, that it's the all the grass is dead, there's just dirt there, there's a path. But you want to walk now on a different path, but you have to keep walking on that path to wear it down so that it becomes the more uh the more popular way to go, let's say. And yeah. let the other one, let the weeds and the grass grow over the other one so that this better path becomes the one that you take all the time. But sometimes you're still like, oh, maybe I'll still take that old path. Yeah. So what yeah. what practices do you use now on a regular basis? Do you have a morning routine or what mm -hmm. is it that you do to keep those the the wiring the way you want it to be? So I could not live without my morning routine. It is absolutely my time. The world does not get to enter it. It is all me and it's all about me. And I think that I, I've just learned to wake up between 4.30 and 5 every morning and just have that time to myself. Some people can do a morning routine in 20 minutes and it's like, nope, I need a couple hours or a few hours before the world ever enters into my space. So to me, what that looks like is um, I make amazing organic coffee with reishi mushroom, which is an adaptogen, and it just balances out my mood, stabilizes my energy. And then I really, I read something for personal growth or leadership. Like that's, that's usually what I'm working on. And a lot of times that's studying human behavior. That's so I can learn my behavior. I think that we really can grow the most in life when we're learning about ourselves. And then I listen to a recording and it guides me through either affirmations um, or some sort of hypnosis where someone is kind of, you know, speaking into me things and I'm kind of repeating those things as an affirmation. So it's more of a hypnosis type experience. And then I'm, I'm usually doing that while I'm walking so I can get in some morning movement because I'm kind of a multitasker. And then um, I may do a breath work or meditation. So to me, affirmations and meditation are two different things. And we meditation is more of like a receiving. So I feel like if we can clear our head, clear our headspace of everything else, it's hard in the beginning to like really enter into that place of meditation. But once we realize that if we just like clear the space and allow things to flow in, it's sometimes where most of my creativity comes from and guidance. And so I do that or usually some breath work. It really just depends on what I need. Breath work is actually work. So sometimes I feel like meditating. And then I reflect on my values, usually about once per week. I don't do that every day. But I think that our values, like when we know what we truly want in life and what we want to contribute to the world, then um, that is that can actually help us come more alive as a person. And then I'll do some sort of journaling. So I, I actually put down journaling for a little while and I realized that journaling really fuels me because 
It allows me to reflect back. So just yesterday, I reflected on a year ago, October 4th, and yesterday was October 4th. So like I reflect back on those times and I'm thinking, you know, what was I going through at this time in my life? And it's just so amazing to see the growth or that I could be in a very similar place. So that's kind of a random thing that I do though. And then I do some sort of movement and that really depends on my energy levels. Sometimes that's walking, sometimes yoga, sometimes weight training. And I just let my body kind of speak to me and tell me what it needs for the day and go with it. Okay. So Chelsea, when we originally talked, you had told me a story. So I want to take a step back here and tell me the story of when you had, you were working in the healthcare field and you were nowhere close to healthful and you started seeing things in your patients as well that caused or inspired you to take a different turn in your career. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. This was literally the thing that changed my life more than anything else. And it's, it's impacted me more than anything else. And it gave me space to do what I'm doing today. So I was in nursing school when things started to kind of go crazy in my health, probably the worst they had ever been. You know, you add a poor immune system, you add stress, you add, you know, just being in nursing school, long hours working, I'm doing clinicals and I'm in school. So my health really started to fail. And a lot of my teachers and even the doctors I was seeing told me, basically, your labs are normal, everything looks fine. You know, we started investigating all these areas, but I had you know, I still had the migraines. I was blacking out in class. I was depressed. I was anxious. My, my stunt, I had irritable bowel syndrome. I was on all these medications, but I couldn't figure out, well, why, how are my labs normal? Well, I finished nursing school, get into my career. Yeah. Everything, <laughs> nothing to see here. Everything's right. normal. Clearly not normal. Clearly not normal. And that started me down a path to where I started doing a little bit of my own investigation, kind of sneaking off and, and you know, outside of what I had learned in, in nursing school. And what I started noticing in my patients is that we had the very same story. And I thought, oh my God, I'm sitting here taking care of all these people and I'm sick myself. If I don't know how to get well, then how am I going to help them get well? And we had the very same story. And that was, hey, you know, we don't know what's going on with you, but medication's your answer. If that doesn't work, then surgery's your answer. And I was just like, absolutely not. Like I'm in my twenties at this point, I'm refusing to live this life any longer. So I started going and started studying more about just natural medicine, how food is medicine, how our bodies are so amazing. And they were actually created to heal themselves and I started working on healing my body. Now, as you know, I started working on my mindset years prior. You know, I was working to try to figure that piece of it out. But I think that where we make the mistake is we look at ourselves as either, oh, we have a physical ailment or we have a mental ailment and we never kind of marry the two. And we don't think about this mind-body connection, which is something that I really started to study. And I realized that my physical ailments were partially mental, emotional, and they were partially physical. But I realized that I could choose. And that is really what took me into a different place with my health. And I ended up healing my body naturally, 100%. I went on to study functional medicine. I went on to study all the things that I knew I needed to be able to kind of really, it was in a cry to finally help myself after all these years, because it finally made sense to me, hey, 
What is this root cause approach everyone's talking about? Shouldn't I be worried about getting to the root cause instead of just putting a Band-Aid on it with a medication or a surgery? And it just made so much sense to me. So as I studied myself, I was actually educating myself so I could help other people. Little did I know I was going to use it to help other people, uh, but it, it started the career path that I'm on today. And now I lead others down the same path because the truth is, is I couldn't find a doctor. I couldn't find anyone out there to help give me the answers that I was looking for. I literally had to go on this mission on my own. I felt alone. I felt scared. I felt unsure through the whole thing. And I thought, my God, if this doesn't work, then this is it. There's no, there's nothing else for me. I don't even know what to do. Uh, and the thing is, is it did. It worked. So I wanted to share that message with more. Yes. Thank you. It's so interesting to me that people tend to turn to functional medicine, integrative medicine as a last resort mm -hmm. after traditional medicine and surgery and medications don't work when it seems like it should be the other way around. Yeah. We're not taught that. We're taught that we just pick up everything from like, like even the emotions and things from childhood, the things that we learn. I mean, we, le we learn to live off box food and macaroni and cheese and we expect it to give us life and it's just not how it works. And the body starts to shut down and our doctors are like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't really know what's going on. And then they're going to give you a pill for blood sugar issues and, and you know, hypertension and cholesterol issues when it's the box macaroni that you're eating. <laughs> you know, Throw nobody ever asked about the diet. <laughs> so then things are broken. Yes. This is the conversation that friends and I keep having over and over and over again about health and our and wellness in our in our world I was going to say our society but it's not just our country but it is probably people want to just take a pill and never pay no attention to what they're feeding themselves and when I say feeding I mean physically feeding and mentally feeding mm -hmm. themselves as if that has no effect on health right it's so true. And it's no disrespect to the medical industry. I'm trained in that. And I believe that there's a time and place for it. My sister is a practicing nurse practitioner for cardiology. She does an amazing job with her patients. And when we have conversations, it's kind of like, well, you know, hey, my patients don't want what you have to offer. They want me to fix their heart with the quickest Band-Aid approach. They don't want to change their diet. They don't want to exercise. They don't want to do the things, right? So I think that we just have to choose what do we want? Do we want to live fine or do we want to live fantastic? Like you get to choose. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. You get exactly. You get to choose and, and you get to live with that choice. The consequences or results of that choice or I mean, consequences and results sounds like it's negative, which sometimes it is, yeah. but you also get to live with the benefits and the upside of those choices when they are for your highest good. Yeah. Absolutely. You just, you got to decide which one you want. And I think we can have semi-health. I mean, I think people are okay with a mediocre life, not realizing that they can have better. And mediocre is just what it is. It's mediocre. And we're like, oh, well, I have a pretty good life. I mean, everything's okay. It's fine. And we don't realize that we could have a freaking amazing life. We could live in vitality. We could live our dreams. We could fulfill our purpose and our mission. And 
whatever our hearts desire. Like that is, gosh, doesn't that even sound more exciting than just like making it day to day? So much more exciting <laughs> and enticing and Yes. The fact that, I mean, I truly believe that that's how, that's what we were born for. We weren't born to live a life of fine and mediocrity. Mm -hmm. We just get stuck there because we get programmed or conditioned or lulled into this sense of comfort in that place. And I mean, comfort where it may not be comfortable. You might be very physically uncomfortable or mentally uncomfortable, but you know that. Like, you know what it's like to be there, whereas leaving that space is uncomfortable because it's the unknown. It's the change. We were created to remain in safety. And our brain, back to the brain and the mind, you know, our brain wants to keep us in that place of safety. And anything that it'll do to keep us in what is known, because known is safe, right? If we venture too far from the pack, we might be eaten by a lion. So... Be, staying close to the pack right. is very safe. So the brain wants us close to the pack. It wants us to, to stay in a place of safety. That is survival. That is what is inbred and inborn into us. And anytime that we face change, yes, change is difficult, but change is what gives us the results. And we have to teach our brain that change is okay, that we're not living in these ancient times where we're in danger if we experience a little bit of change. You know, the times have changed, brain, you need to kick in, you need to get in gear and realize that, hey, we're in a different time and space and I'm going to be all right. Yeah, going back to what you were saying about rewiring the brain, rewiring it to recognize that change is good, change is beneficial, change is exciting. In fact, it was, the brain actually doesn't know the difference. The body doesn't know the difference between fear and excitement. Like it feels the same. So it's just a matter of which way do you look at it, anxiety versus excitement. Right. So rewiring your brain to, to see anxiety as this is exciting. Something amazing is happening here. Yeah, absolutely. And you can turn that fear into, yeah, you can. You can just turn the fear into excitement. I had a friend contact me the other day and was like, I'm so nervous about a talk I'm about to give. And I'm like, it's the same emotion. Just shift it. You know, fear or excitement, you choose. It feels the same. We get the stomach butterflies. We get the racing heart. We get the sweaty palms. All of that is the same experience. It is our interpretation of it that gives us the ability to embrace it. Yes. Yes. So where are you going from here? What's, what's your next big step? You know, I am, I'm more, I'm still working on a lot of things. I'll, I'll tell you that. And for me, it's all about personal growth. It's about continual growth. And the biggest things for me are, I want to make sure that I am number one, creating a life that I know is going to impact other people. I want to impact the lives of other people with the things that I've learned about myself and just about human humans in general. You know, I want to let everybody know that through my story, I want them to use it as a story of hope and encouragement for what is possible for their own life. And I want to bring value to humans in general, those who want value, of course, and those who are willing to change, those who are willing to step out and do something new and different. And 
I, I want people to be in the best shape of their lives, physically, mentally, emotionally, all the things. Because here's what I believe. If we're here and we're living on this earth, we are here for a reason and a purpose. And your purpose, Lori, is different from my purpose, but you're here for a reason. And the work that you do is so impactful. Like, look at the lives that you change by putting out a message of hope just across the airwaves. Every single day, people can listen to stories and messages of hope. Like this is you. You want people to realize you don't have to live a life that's fine. You can have better. And I think that everybody has a purpose. Just like you have a purpose, everybody has a purpose. My purpose is to make sure that people know that they can go from chaos to freedom and that they can make a bigger impact in the world. But the truth is, is that we cannot live that if we don't feel like it. So what is next for me is taking as many people as possible from feeling fine and feeling mediocre to living a life of health, living a life of vitality, living a life where they believe in themselves because there is a dream that they have inside of them. Maybe it happened as a little girl and maybe they really just thought, well, probably maybe could never make that happen. But I want people to believe that that little seed can actually come alive and create a beautiful blossom. And I believe that. I believe that without each of us in our own little thing that we have to offer the world, that the world can't be whole. And I want to be an impact on the lives of other people from a physical and emotional health standpoint that shows other people that their dreams are truly possible. Mm, yeah, such a beautiful sentiment. Thank you. Before we go, I have the question of speaking of getting your vibration, increasing your vibration and your energy. What is the song that you listen to to get hyped up and boost your boost your mood? So you might find it funny. My husband hates the song. And it's it's my song of the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I just feel like it's so appropriate okay. for this time. And it's Pharrell Williams, Happy. So it changes oh, periodically. Yeah, <laughs> it changes periodically. But you know what? I just feel like I, I don't want anybody entering into my space that's going to try to get me down. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes. It's just like when you deal with the public, it's like you and you're you're working with people and you're loving them, you sometimes can carry or bring about or bring on yourself the things that they're going through. And I need to just remember that my happy space is my happy space and I can keep it happy. And I just love that song. You know, if I'm down, I can just get up and I'm dancing and I'm doing whatever. And it's so short, sweet, to the point. <laughs> yes. There, I don't know anybody who can sit still, listen to that song and sit still. No. You can't. No. <laughs> great, great song. Thank yes. you. Chelsea, if people want to reach out to you and get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? So my website has links that you can shoot me a message. You can shoot me an email. Um, website is chelseaward.com. My name's C-H-E-L-S-I-E-W-A-R-D.com. And you can email me through that. It's chelsea at chelseaward.com. And if you want to connect, um, I have... I have a lot of great tools that, you know, I can just share with you from today or just things that I'm doing and um, just kind of help you go from that place of living that mediocre life to living that life of vitality. 
Excellent. We'll put links in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today on Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. Here are today's key takeaways. Chelsea talks about making a decision, a decision that she didn't want to live the crazy life she'd been leading anymore. She didn't want to pretend she had everything figured out and was living without imperfections. She wanted to learn who she is at her core and be driven by a higher purpose, not her past and not who she had been. All it takes is a decision and you can change everything. Number two, rewiring your brain, reprogramming your thoughts is a constant thing you work on. You can't undo years and years and years of wiring from the time you were a small child all the way up to now in one session. Understand you're not failing or doing it wrong when the negative self-talk comes back up. Know that working on reprogramming yourself every morning and saying, this is who I am now, is what moves you forward on your new path. Number three, journaling is a great way to keep record of what you're going through. And when you look back at it a year or more later, you can see how far you've come. Or notice if you're still in that same place. No pride or shame in either necessarily. It's simply a point of reflection. Number four, you are not doomed to mediocrity. No one is stuck living through just making it day to day. You can live in vitality. You can live your dreams. You can fulfill your purpose and your mission and whatever your heart desires. Yes, your brain wants to keep you in that place of safety and what's known so you don't get eaten by a lion, but change is what gives you the results and you have to teach your brain that that change is okay. Number five, We talked in Jennifer Garman's episode, Healed Through Gratitude in 30 Days, about doctors simply prescribing medications for problems when they didn't know how to heal them. Chelsea took a similar path to Jennifer's in terms of digging into the root cause of her issues and looking at the mind-body connection and how that was playing out in her physical dis-ease. And lastly, The time to take responsibility for finding your own answers and finding what works for yourself is now. You don't have to do it alone. There are plenty of people around to help you, but you do have to take charge of putting the past in the past and saying, I'm not taking this answer or this situation that doesn't work for me any longer as the truth. Chelsea has a checklist to offer you. She created it as a companion to her book with links to some of her favorite health resources. You can find it at www.chelseaward.com backslash checklist. And for those who want to eliminate cravings, improve energy, and eat in a way that supports a healthy metabolism, her metabolic guide will help. Again, that's at chelseaward.com backslash metabolic dash guide. I'll put links to both of those in the show notes. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. 
You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. Or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it. You'll find it because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that.